0: It's Fangraph's Audio. I'm Carson Zestouli, and joining me is the curator of our excellent Q&A series uh, today, providing some audio for us, some audio Q&A, Mr. David Lorla. David Lorla, you are there.
1: Carson, I am here, and today we have uh, a treat for Kansas City Royal fans.
0: Well, I, I, I would argue that any baseball fan will derive some pleasure from this.
1: Um, Well, I hope so. Um, The extra pleasure will go to Kansas City Royals fans. Um, I'm sure there are plenty who are not yet focusing on the football chiefs.
0: Right, the the football chiefs. Uh, In fact, one of the interviewees in this case uh, happens to be a player whom Joe Piznanski, the the venerable Joe uh, uh recently referred to as baseball's most underrated player
1: that would be alex gordon um i know that dave cameron uh, just earlier today wrote a column about it where he nominated a few other players um i personally don't know that i would say that gordon is the most underrated player in baseball i'd lean more towards somebody like say a chase headley and for listeners who are jumping up saying well hold it he's not underrated at all i don't think that's true i think for Fangraphs readers and listeners Headley is a very big name in baseball, but I think for the casual baseball fan around the country, given the market that he plays in, I think very few people really know who Chase Headley is. Uh, is,
0: it, is it possible to be, a, to be a casual fan and a fan graphs reader? What if, like, what if I only watch baseball while I'm uh, reclining on my couch?
1: Um, it is possible that people do that. I'm actually reclining on my couch as we speak. Um, and, and there you go.
0: There you go. The, QED. The, truth, the, the truth comes out. QED is, as it were, very good. A <laughs> uh, <clears throat> number of revelations so far in this brief chat already. Let's move on to uh, your second uh, uh, interview, though. And that's um, that's actually interesting, this one, because it's with a pair of uh, relief pitchers uh, from the, the back end of the Royals bullpen.
1: Two players who are very underrated um greg holland and tim collins um, both of whom are young as are most of the players on the royals i think that a lot of casual fans may not realize that just how young the royals are i think jeff Francoeur and alex gordon at 28 are probably the oldest players on that roster give or take a maybe a, a pitcher or two but timmy collins i believe is still 23 holland i think is 26 and um they're a great one-two punch in the bullpen. Um, I guess Aaron Crow is is punch number three, but Holland throws 96 miles an hour and has a great slider. Collins, um, Tiny Tim, as a lot of people refer to him as because of his uh, his size, throws 93 with a great curveball and a great changeup. So I thought it might be good to get those two together and just talk well, talk bullpen.
0: Right. Yeah. And Collins is, is interesting beyond the uh, the fact that he's small. Um, but his his strikeout rates in the minor leagues uh, were, were cartoonish, basically.
1: His strikeout rates in the big leagues are fantastic. His strikeout rate so far this year, I believe, is over 12. Um, Holland has one, I think, approaching 12. So the Royals have weaknesses in pitching, but not so much in the bullpen. If they can figure out a way to get a few starters there um, and their young players come around next year, I think we're looking at One of the most exciting young teams in baseball.
0: Yes, I I would have to agree with you. I'd be forced to agree with you in this case, David Lorla. And uh, what follows, in fact, is uh, that exciting audio we've just mentioned. The first will be with that pair of relievers from the end of the Royals' bullpen. It's Greg Holland and Tim Collins. Uh, And following that, an interview with Gold Glover, perhaps the most underrated, one of the most underrated players in the majors, Alex Gordon.
2: The kansas city royals uh tim and greg you both have great strikeout rates you both have great
3: stops uh greg why don't you start by telling me why tim is such an effective pitcher well uh the main reason is he throws strikes and um you know going into last year that was really his only downfall he 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 walked guys at times but um you know learned a lot got a lot better mechanically and you know he's he's got three plus pitches and um Especially from the left side, you know, he's a power arm with two good off-speed pitches, and it was one of those learning processes for him last year. Even though he had a good year, he knew he could make strides in the spring, and, you know, if he gets ahead of you, he can throw any pitch in any count, and um, the ability to come out of the bullpen and throw three-plus pitches at at the big league level, you know, you can have a lot of success. What does Tim have that you wish you had? (laughs) Um... You know, I'd, I'd say we're pretty comparable as far as uh, how we go about our business. You know, he likes to come in and and, and pound the strike zone and get ahead. And he has no fear. He wants the ball at the end of the game. You know, as do I. Um, he's left-handed, which makes him very dangerous against left-handed hitters. But he's also got a you know a good a good change-up and a good curveball, so he's equally effective against righties. And uh, you know, you don't see that every day out of out of guys out of the bullpen. There's usually one side of the plate that they're not as as comfortable uh, getting outs, and uh, but he's good at doing both. Tim, uh, you have a very good curveball. Greg has a very good slider. What is the difference in
2: the
4: two pitches? Uh, well, his slider, for one, is a lot harder than my curveball. Uh, I think his slider plays a lot better off his fastball than mine does. I usually use my changeup more off my fastball. Um, you know, I use my curveball for strikeouts, but I would say, you know, with his slider, it. it it complements his fastball a lot better than my curveball does. You know, he's able to throw it in fastball counts. You know, also, you know, he gets a lot of strikeouts and he can throw it for strikes. So I think, you know, that that's the main difference is he's able to uh, you know, complement his fastball a lot with his, his slider. And the reason that you throw a curveball instead of a slider is uh, it's just what I've always thrown. Um, I mean, I've tried to learn a cutter, slider type pitch in the past, but. You know my curveball has always been my go-to pitch and so for me really all I needed was a change-up so that's been my focus for the last three four years is learning to throw the change-up and you know, situations when to throw it so for me uh, you know I'm not saying a slider wouldn't help but I have the, the change-up that complements my fastball so and I've got the curveball you know that I can throw for strikes and can bury it when I when I need to so you know for me the slider uh Maybe something down the road, but for now I just stick to the pitches that I'm comfortable with. Greg, uh, strikeout rate. How important is that to you?
3: Um, you know, there's there's times in the game where where you need a strikeout, uh, but that's all predicated on strike one. Uh, you know, you got a man on third and one out. Um, strikeout's nice, but you got to get strike one so you can expand. Uh, so for me, it's all about executing a quality pitch early in the count so that you can get ahead and you know when you get ahead you can uh you can go ahead and try to, to get to get that strike out but once the count gets back to you know two two three two it's time to throw a contact pitch but um you know i mainly focus on the uh the situations in the game and stuff as, as opposed to just thinking about striking guys out um you know you get ahead oh two you're always going to want to expand and that way you know uh a ground ball to find a hole or something if you can get a strikeout but you know you're never really on the mound thinking about oh I need a strikeout here you're always thinking about executing a pitch and getting ahead from, and then working from there and Tim are your thoughts similar on the importance of strikeouts yeah
4: I mean Greg said it the best I mean your, your main focus coming out of the bullpen is getting strike one the last thing you want to do is fall behind to the hater coming out of the pen you know mainly most of the time it's going to be a situation where there's runners on and you want to get that strike one and he so said if you get strike one you can really do a lot from there you know coming out of the pen fall behind you're not gonna you're not gonna have those situations where you can go for strikeouts you're gonna end up having a pitch to contact and you know big thing is getting strike one and I think that's what me and Greg do you know pretty well we come out of the pen and we're able to get strike one with you know all of our pitches so I think that's where the strikeouts come into play we're able to get ahead and we're able to you know do it do what we want to the hitters so well, that helps a lot with strike one.
2: You have the three-pitch mix. Is your pitch sequencing
4: essentially the same as it always been, or are you varying it up this year? Um, you know, I always pitch to my strengths. Um, and that's, that's to me, the best part about being a reliever is, you know, you don't really have to read too much into the scouting reports. For me, it's just going out there and, you know, pitching to your strengths. So, you know, I I don't stick to the same sequence. Um, you know, I try to mix it up so hitters aren't you know, catching on. And, you know, obviously they know what I've got. So, to me, just I gotta go out there and mix it up. And, you know, try to trick them and throw pitches and counts that they don't think I'm gonna throw. Okay,
2: a few uh, last, final questions for uh, Greg Holland and Tim Collins. Greg, talk a little about your slider of what you, how you need to throw it for it to be
3: effective. Well, I think for me. You know, there's situations where uh, you know you're not going to have your, your best stuff on a given day. So being able to have that third pitch that you can go to, like uh, you know, there's days when Timmy's curveball is better, and his changeup. There's days when his changeup's better. There's days when his fastball's better. So for me, um, you know, if there's the day out there where I don't have my best stuff, you just kind of got to go what you have, and um, you know, it's not always going to be your slider. It might be your your sinker or your split or your cutter. Um, so for me, I don't uh, I don't dive too much into thinking about what I'm going to do with my slider. Uh, if a guy takes a good swing on on a pretty good pitch, you know, I'll change it up from there. Uh, same token, you know, if I don't have a good feel for a pitch, you know, for me it's good to have that third third or fourth pitch that I can go to. And um, you know, it's one of those things where some days you go you go with a scouting report, some days like Timmy said, you go with your best stuff, and um, you just kind of read the hitters from there. And a final question for Tim Collins. The
2: fastball is a huge pitch for both of you. Uh, how important is velocity
4: to your game? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, I'm not a, I don't throw as hard as Greg does. I mean, it certainly helps to throw harder. But you look at guys like Bruce Chen who throw in the low to mid 80s and they, they get the same results as guys that throw mid to high 90s. Uh, you know, it's all about commanding your fastball and getting strike one and, you know, mixing it up from there you know obviously out of the bullpen velocity you know it certainly helps me go out there and you have a good firm fastball and obviously having those other two pitches uh, if they're both working that day that also helps you, know, you can sneak fastballs by hitters or you know, if your fastball's not that good that day you just rely on your offspit so um you know I can't say that the velocity doesn't help but it, it certainly does in certain situations. Tim Collins uh Greg Holland,
2: thank you very much for your time. Thank you. This is Alex Gordon, left fielder for the Kansas City Royals. Alex, let's start with defense because you made a big transition uh, to the outfield and won a gold glove. I assume that is as big as anything yeah, you've done yeah, in so, your
5: career? Yeah, it meant a lot too, just you know, making the position change yeah. and not knowing how it was going to turn out, and, you know, it wasn't easy. Uh, that's why they sent me down to AAA was to learn the position down there and uh, make the mistakes uh, in AAA, which, you know, I made a lot of them, and, you know, I just kept, on, um, you know, trying to learn something new every day and work hard and get better, and um, day after day, guys like Rusty Koons, uh give me their knowledge and stuff like that. Uh, over time, you know, I got comfortable and got better at it what uh from your
2: defensive your experience at third base made the the transition actually easier rather uh, just, than harder uh,
5: being in left field it's kind of the same angle uh that definitely helped and then i think uh you know charging balls and really coming in and being aggressive on balls um, carried over from third base to the outfield. I think that's why I've had a little bit of success on out base runners is just, you know, coming to the ball and being aggressive with it. What types of adjustments did you have to make with
2: your throwing motion?
5: Uh, I'm just airing it out, um, you know, playing a lot of long long toss and uh, stuff like that, so uh, not, not a huge adjustment, um, but uh, playing a lot more long toss and really getting used to you know one hops to the bases instead of just trying to air it out and throw it on the line to you know each and every base so uh, just trying to be as accurate and uh, as possible.
2: Uh, winning a gold glove is obviously prestigious but to people who really crunch the numbers winning a fielding bible award is even more important and uh, the fielding bible people really like your defense a lot.
5: Yeah you know I take pride in defense and uh, you know whether it's uh, you're not doing well at the plate or, you know, maybe not well on the bases. Never take it out in the outfield and always take pride in what you do out there. So we got a lot of guys on this team that, you know, are, are really good defensively. Escobar, Mustakis, Hosmer, uh, you know, Dyson cover a lot of ground. So you know, I just try to hold my own in left field and try to go out there every day and uh, make every play and help out the pitch right any way that I can. You became a better hitter when you went to the outfield.
2: Was there a correlation or was just simply the time where you had learned – to hit mid league pitching, I think
5: both. I think um, you know I was a pretty good defensive third baseman, but I wasn't great. So I think I put a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of attention on my, on my infield, and maybe it took a, away a little bit on the, and the hitting side aspect of it, and you know uh, that could have had a little bit of correlation with, uh, with my hitting. But uh, outfield just feels comfortable to me, and it has relaxed me, and uh, really has let me. Uh, pay more attention on my on my hitting. Have you
2: made any specific adjustments offensively over the past few years, either mechanically or in your approach? Yeah,
5: very much so. It's, it all started with Kevin Sitzer coming here and really <laughs> dissecting my swing and especially my approach, going up there with a the plan every time and knowing what you know what I wanted to do every time I went up there and just being prepared. And, uh, that's really you know taking my skills with uh, Kevin Seicher's, uh mindset. And, uh, putting them together so he's been he's been awesome for me and you know I really credit to uh, my little turnaround to, to Kevin Seitzer.
2: Once again I'm here with Alex Gordon a couple of few quick final questions before you stretch and take uh, BP. Are you normally looking for the ball in the middle and adjusting or are you a guy who studies reports a lot and looks done?
5: Yeah I mean it, it, it varies from pitcher to pitcher. Um, we're lucky to have the kind of technology we have where we can you know study the pitcher and see his tendencies and stuff like that so from day to day it varies but I think for the most part uh, I had the same approach uh, what I want to do every time whether you know Randy Johnson is pitching or you know Josh Beckett so um, it's really like I said it starts with Kevin where I'm looking for the pitch where I'm looking to drive the ball and uh, that's middle the other way and you know if they come inside and I react to it then so be it but you know I'm trying to drive the ball middle middle the other way and one final
2: question for Alex Gordon does where you hit in the lineup matter to you and piggybacking on that are you a believer in protection and who's hitting behind you oh
5: it's it's great having Billy Butler behind you right now uh, I've done it uh, in the minor leagues you know, I've done it a little bit up here and um, it's it's great to have that lefty righty uh, combination and really the talent that Billy brings to the table every day Uh, you know you're going to get a lot of pitches a hit and they're not going to want to put guys on base with Billy so it's it's a privilege to hit in front of Billy and I I really do like him in the through hole.
2: And as for where you hit does that impact your approach at all?
5: No it's just uh, it's nice to be you know in one spot uh, there every day and and you get used to it and feel comfortable there so I just just, wherever it is it's, it's, it's nice to stay there for for a while.
2: Alex, thank you very much for your
3: time. Thank you very much.